help Tom. Should we just sing it or something? Whoa. Whoa. Don't. You don't hear your voice either. I know. Oh my god, help. Don't hear anything. How could this be? Do you say head of manual? You said that's not clicking. And there's like nothing playing. All right. Okay. So like, let's just stay calm. Okay. That's me. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> okay. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Okay. Um, the uh, Wi-Fi is really bad here. Right. So I'm just going to run out. Okay, so we're just going to stay calm because this is going to be fixed in a bit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty funny to me. It's like, it's a, wow. Yeah, touche. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not funny per se, but it is funny when you explain it to anybody. Yeah. You know, it's a performance art thing where people ruin their clothing. Did that start in Wyoming? No, it started, I think, in New York, probably, or Vegas. But the three guys who were in it? Or, or one of them, or two of them, okay. yeah. Yeah, they make it so much money because there's three. I think there's like uh in there's like a state one that's always in Vegas. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a touring one, and I think there's one that's in New York on a regular basis. There's one on a cruise ship somewhere right now, probably too. I imagine. Right. The Caribbean, Royal Caribbean. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they franchise the whole thing. Okay. I mean, I did what I could. He, he was he was he lives across the street. Yeah. So you know, he's calm, but it's live, so everybody's still fine. And there's dead air, which isn't good either. And I have such a bad reputation here with the technology that it's just not good for me either. But I don't understand what could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. God, there are no comedians. Can't. 
if there was like a thing recently where there was like the funniest comedian of every state, uh-huh. then you don't have Wyoming in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Even Rhode Island has more funny comedians. Oh, Rhode Island, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like one of the biggest states. Right. <laughs> you can't. Have you worked a lot of cities other than New York? Though? Yeah. You know, I, I, the South. I just. I don't know. Is it like? Hey, what's wrong? What am I doing? Well, you don't have any mics up. Well, I have this one up, and then I have these other ones up, but. Check, check. This signal's fine. Check. One, two. Was it just that they weren't up enough? I was afraid to turn them to up too high. Oh, okay. There's something over there. Okay. Thanks for coming. Quickly. Oh, all of these levels are down, Lisa. Every single one of them. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Do I? Am I supposed to turn those up too? If they're, if they're off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. I didn't I know that. It. All right. Okay. Great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Okay. Here we go. Here, I turned it down a little. Turn mine down. Okay, you're on the air right now. Okay. Good. Okay. Hey, hey, everybody. It's time for Doctor Lisa gives a shit. I give a shit about you. And we're at Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the the premier station in the entire Western Hemisphere. And uh, today's an extra special show, and um, I am very, very excited to uh, introduce my guest. But first, I want to do a word from our sponsor. Today, we're sponsored by Crest, Toothpaste for Women. Because women have teeth, too, and they need their own toothpaste. Okay, so today we have this, like, uh, comedian, uh, Lucas Connolly. Say hello, Lucas. Hey, everybody. What's going on? And Lucas hosts and is on, and and he's, like, a really big deal in the Bushwick, in the Brooklyn community, right, Lucas? I I would would Or maybe worldwide, and maybe in the western hemisphere. I got to... 
this is my show. We're building you up. So, you you right, know, so, I'm getting reflection yeah, off yeah, of yeah. you. All right. So, I run a couple great shows that are here in Bushwick. Um, one, including a called The Secret Loft Show, which is it moves oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. people's different lofts on different events. So, you have to go to, like, the Facebook event, find it, and then we will announce where it is. And then you go there. And people, basically, like, 100 people sit on the floor and see live comedy. And it's really for, like, millennial people that, like, want free things and want nostalgic, you know? Oh, wow. So, uh, and, uh, okay, so that one, and then there's other ones, then too. Then I run a weekly show every Wednesday at Tandem. Oh, I right like that place. I love it. You know, when I worked on the Bushwick Daily, I did some research, and I found that that was, like, the number one uh, pickup bar at the time. Yes, it is the biggest. It's a good way to get laid. It's, no, it's the best queer bar. In queer, Brooklyn. oh, queer. okay. So if you are in the weird stuff, get in there. You know. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, also, we are very, very. We have a very, very special guest today. We have Martin Kramer, who was my hardworking intern all summer, and Martin is fifteen. And uh, I think, Martin, you have aspirations to be a comedian. Is that right? That is correct. And I have seen Martin perform several times now. And I think, I think he's really talented. So uh, he's here today as a quote-unquote reward for working so hard all summer and getting to spend time with Lucas Connolly, who's a professional, and um, I always dreamed of this moment. <laughs> this is the <laughs> after watching my YouTube videos <laughs> and reading my tweets, you knew you wanted to meet me, <laughs> Martin. This is the highlight of your career. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So before we get into really like focusing on Lucas, do you have any? Do you have anything to say, Martin? Or is there well, like what do you? What's your What's your impression? Like what do you? What, do you have anything you want to ask Lucas or talk ask him about being a comedian or? No. Um, Are you on the spot right now? Yeah. That's being a comedian. Uh, Um, What do you think? What do you think, Lucas? I feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on somebody. (laughs) Hey, go. Come on. Be funny. You know, ask a good question. You know? Yeah. I'll ask ask a question. Okay. uh, So I've noticed that a lot of comedians in New York are, um, usually they're not from New York, uh, so what's, like, the inspiration of, like, I'm going to go to New York and be a big-time comedian or a comedian? Uh, this is, and I, I've talked about this a lot, and it feels like, on podcasts, because it's a thing that is very, because what happens, what happened for me is I was, I was one of the big fish in a small sea when that, where I was mm-hmm. from. I started doing comedy down in Florida, and mm-hmm. very, very quickly, I became a feature, and I started headlining. Wow. And so... Because I was able to write and I was able to work hard and I was and I would do emails and I would do all kinds of stuff that people just don't do there, and so I was like, whoa, and then I was like, maybe I should start like trying to really headline. And then right when you try to like really professionally headline, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the brakes get slammed on you. They're like, uh... what? I'm like, where's where's your Conan set? Where's your Fallon set? Where's your thing? And I go. Oh, well, oh, I'm going to get it soon, I guess. Right? So you mean when you moved to New York, that's what happened? So what happened is I moved to New York because everyone said I couldn't get uh, a Conan audition mm-hmm. or a Fallon audition or any audition when I was here. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and that was true. I never saw those bookers. I never saw those bookers when I was there. Right. So so you moved to New York to... to uh... 
get those opportunities, get more opportunities. Right. So what do you what do you think is New York? It's the hardest place in the world to start doing comedy. That's where Martin's starting. Yeah. Well, maybe you but, should tell Martin to have his parents move him somewhere else. Well, Martin, that, let's not let's let's not force your parents to do anything, you know. But uh, the, this is the thing. This is what I like. What I would say is, it goes, don't do bringers. Don't bring people to shows. Don't give any these people that money. Don't you know? I mean, just go and get good. Go find your spot. Go to those all arts open mics where like people are playing guitar, mm-hmm. and then do your sets there and get mm-hmm. get and then start getting booked from and, that. And what can a fifteen year old do really to like? Can they go to like? What do you do when you're fifteen? Is that that? What do you, what is that? I mean, that's a really early I, start, right? I wish, you... I, I wish Pete Davidson was here, but uh, oh, because you know. he's like, how old is he? 21 now from uh, Saturday you know who he is Martin yeah Martin but he started when he was like 16 years old you know and there we go that you're gonna be so what's your do you have a comedy career goal Martin like if there was some like comedian whose career that like you were like I want to be that um uh not have trouble making money Ooh, don't well get out of comedy. Um, <laughs> doing comedy for money is like being a prostitute for love. It's not. It's really, really hard. What kind of jobs have you had? Well, I've done a lot. I was a manager of a halfway house for a while. Oh yeah. I uh, I've I've tossed salads and not not men but salads and <laughs> I have uh, I've you know I've. I worked at a juice shop. I was a TA when I was in college. I, God, what else have I done? That was oh, I sold I sold comedy club tickets. That's the worst. Don't do that. That's the worst. Were you ever like? Did you ever get to a point where you were like, "Fuck, where am I going to get some money?" Oh, constantly. Still to this day, I think that. And what do your parents like? Your your mothers? What you you have? I want to get into that. I know you have two mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but what like what kind of attitude did they have about you doing comedy i mean is they, it scary for them that's what i'm saying did you get pressure they they are ecstatic ecstatic when i get stuff mm-hmm. in my life because mm-hmm. that if my mom's like if i could just give you something i would give you something so you could not starve mm-hmm. like if i could give you a comedy career i would give you a comedy career if i mm-hmm. could give it to you but they can't right they don't have the money so it's, I don't know. Can you, if you have enough money, oh, can you give me a oh, comedy career? I don't oh, think that's true. They could give you that. They could take the pressure off. Well, I wouldn't get, become a good comedian, probably. That's why yeah. I find it while I'm 15. It's the perfect time to live with my parents. Can I ask you a question? Um, how many times are you getting on stage a week? Um, well, right now I, I can't be on many because I'm 15, so I have to like. His school. special things. I have school in the way, so it's it's hard. But like, a, you could go to a creek in the cave mic at six. Yeah. Do they day. have teenagers there? Yeah, they do. Fifteen year olds. It's a restaurant, so it's like if you any kind of restaurant place that has comedy open mics, you could be at every single night. So that's the thing. What I would recommend anybody to do if they really wanted to do it is do it. You know what I mean? And it's hard to be like, I really want to do this if you're not immersed in it. Mm-hmm. And what about the writing part? That seems like something you can do at home. Right. You do that when you're with your friends. You can do that when you hate the teacher. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You can do that whenever you want, you know? Yeah. 
that's but whatever. it's really getting on stage you think it's it's well getting on stage and also you're gonna watch people doing comedy right and then you go oh that's not good Right, right. That's good. Develop your That's taste. That's not good. Right, right, right. And then you go, ew, I hate these people. I would rather be in a band. Mm, mm. Okay, so let's, so Martin, you're good. Yeah. You, is that good? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. got to do more stuff. Do more stuff. That's we on encourage. My schedule. Do but more but stuff. but you're <laughs> but you but you're also like starting young, so you know you're you're you're. It's wide open for you, Martin. It's great you're starting young, right? So, um, anyway, uh, Lucas, I wanted to, um, I learned, you know what, so I did a little bit of research about you, and I found out, like, a lot of really interesting stuff. You've been on a lot of podcasts and radio shows, right? I know this. Yeah, I've done a lot of radio and podcasts. Right. So, we could just, you know, I'm, like, sort of, um, in, I don't want to ask you the same questions all over, but I don't want to make sure, I mean, I got to balance this. This is my job. I got to balance this, make sure that we get somewhere, but that I don't just repeat all the same stuff. Right. So, we're going to really dig. Um, so, anyway, um, one, so, anyway, the podcast that I, that I uh, it was Podbeam. By Chris Lampert, and it was a really, it was a re- Lampert or Lampert? Yeah, Lampert. Yeah, it was a really good, uh, it was a really good podcast, which he did in his car, right? Yeah, it was we- It was a weird one, because I was like, hey, let's do this podcast. He goes, gives me an address, I show up, I think it's in the apartment, he's like, hey, and he yells at me, and he's like, we're doing it in here, and I was like, are you serious? And he goes, I have all the right equipment for it. That must have been weird. It was so weird. It was in the middle of the Lower East Side. That's it so funny. So, it was so weird. That's so funny. It was so funny. Yeah, but yeah. But it sounds fine. I listened to it. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's kind of, you know, it's it's like an interesting take on the whole, like, you know, doing it in your garage kind of thing. Sort right, of thing. exactly. But uh, anyway, so I do have a little bit of background information. Um, and... Um, one of the things that obviously is very outstandingly unusual about you is that you have two moms. I have five moms. Oh, you had okay. Go I ahead. Have five moms. So I was born to two moms, Kathy and Lois, or uh, uh, not Kathy and Lois, uh, Kathy and Kim. And mm-hmm. when they, I was seven, they separated. And I don't know if you know the joke, but when les- lesbians don't date, they bury. <laughs> you know this. This is like a mm-hmm. classic. Right, mm-hmm. so when they started dating, it was immediately they got basically married with their new partners, wow. and so I went in between divorcee lesbian households back and forth. That's so that's so weird, isn't it's, it? It's well for me. I'm old. I'm old. You know, oh. what I mean, there's there's a lot. It'll be a new thing. You meet fifteen year olds now. You mean you know? What I mean, I bet you you know a couple of let people have gay and lesbian parents now yeah. in school. But when I was in school, this was. You know, this so years. what was that like? Oh, were you now. were you like a? I mean, how did you feel about it? Was it like were you like I don't want people to know about this, or how did you handle it? Well, this is the thing. For a long time, I didn't want people to know about it, but then everyone knows about it. It's it was so unique and weird that I, eventually you gotta ha- you have to embrace it. So it wasn't like I was like gay parents here. Like I wasn't walking in the rooms and making a declarative statement. But if someone was like, hey, his parents are lesbians, I wouldn't be like, don't tell them. So you, you weren't like, you weren't like saying, you didn't want, you didn't necessarily like put it out there, but you didn't necessarily like hide it. Well, I didn't, I, for, 
Do you ever see those that that thing? It was a couple years ago in the Supreme Court where the really pretty blonde boy comes and says, "My parents are lesbians, and I'm a mm. good kid." That's what I felt I was supposed to be my whole life. Oh, uh, representing the lesbians. Yeah, because you was, were a lesbian spokesperson, was, spokeschild, a so, male lesbian spokeschild. So that was what I was like meant to be, but then I did drugs, so then <laughs> that, that that went down the hill. So do you think that how how did uh did do you think that did like all your friends do drugs? Was everybody doing drugs, or did did you have a certain thing that you were trying to like uh, medicate self medicate? What do you think? I don't know. There's like it's always like a, that chicken egg situation mm-hmm. where you go, what is it? Is it my parents' addiction problems, or is it my addiction problems, or is it my situation? It's it doesn't really matter. What happened is that I the people I liked hanging out with so happened to do drugs. Yeah, that's what I was sort right. of wondering. It was and like it was like kind of like where you were it, in your life. It's, it's it, I, I'm from Laramie, Wyoming. So yeah, that's what, what I was sort of wondering. Is that yeah. what happens in Wyoming? There's not much to do. There's not much to do. You rock climb. You you mm-hmm. rock climb. You go hiking. You go fly fishing, and then what? Mm-hmm. You know. Right. 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 Um, and um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, you know, what what this thing that I'm thinking about is that it's I. Okay, I'm just going to as your as as a pretend therapist, your pretend therapist at the moment. I've asked you a couple of questions about like how you felt about like your mothers and how you felt as a representative and um it's very I'm just observing my obser- observations, that's all. But it feels very matter of fact. And I'm wondering if you're just totally used to it or that you are sick of talking about it or you don't have any feelings or you're disconnected from your feelings. What do you think? I'm going to be honest. It is a thing I've had so many talked about, talked about so many times that it is a speech almost. Yeah. I, I've been on so many dates. I've been on so many things where it comes up and then I'll now the, now it's like, I know what the next question is. I know what the next question right. is. I know what the next question is. And it's not necessarily a disconnect. I just it's you're mid- bored of talking it's not about it. It's boring, or it's just it's like, just, yeah, it's old material. You, I have to give you the information. Right, right. And I I'm going to give it to you as most, mostly concise as right. I want. Right. I think that's what I'm picking up yeah. on. But I mean, I guess I was just wondering what it was really like as a small boy. Sure, and and I guess that I don't remember. Okay, you really don't that, remember? That's the thing. Like, when people, like, get really deep down, it goes, I don't know. I you really don't. I didn't know don't. that it was much different. Like, I didn't remember many times in my life where I was like, oh, my God. If I had a dad, this would not be happening. It wasn't many so your situations. Parents, your parents probably handled it pretty well. Like, it didn't, like, really, it wasn't, like, a big thing for you. And that's probably right. partly why you're sick of talking about it. Right. Like, if we're going to, like, do, like, weird, vulnerable things, like, something that just appeared in my brain. Like, I remember one time I went with my friends swimming with mm-hmm. their dad. Mm-hmm. And he was tossing everybody. Mm. He was lifting him out of the water, and he was tossing him into the water. And I remember going, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is what a dad. Ex- this is a dad experience." Because mm-hmm. there's my moms would never lift me out of the water. Right, right, right. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, it's but it's like those kind of stories are like they're so weird, and they're like they're so small. Right. You know what I mean? They're not like huge. They're just a little tidbit where you go. So that was a little weird. So it's like some a little random, detail to you. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a thing. Some man lifted me by the torso and chucked me into the water. And I remember being nostalgic or like a weird feeling of being like, oh. So so that's that's good to know. I mean, it sounds like they handled it pretty well and it wasn't like the biggest thing in the world to you. 
they're they're very smart, well educated people who didn't have a book on how to raise right, anyone right. yet. There was what? no Heather had two mobbies. There was no books yet. There was no psychological analyzation. There was nothing. So they must be pretty forward thinking people, right? Sure. Okay. Also, I went to therapy. At, I think that's also I went to therapy for so long. At what age? Like as a really young yeah. child. And because I went to so much therapy, and I've had so many first therapists, uh huh, that I'm like, oh god, here it comes again. You know what I mean? Because they just want you to get vulnerable so they can figure out what to work on. Right. Like they want you to show your vulnerability, and I don't want to even do that. I've worked through those things already with a person. So you feel like you've been you've been through a lot, and you ha- you're like kind of well. Also, can I talk about the drugs and stuff? Sure, sure. Okay, so also, I mean, everybody does. Every everybody probably knows this that you are sober, also, right? Yeah. So you went through like a whole thing with drugs and drugs and alcohol. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Martin, listen up. This is like what not to do, right? Like, well, maybe I'm, not. I'm like I'm not. I'm pretty drug positive. So mm-hmm. like, like, you know, love drug positivity, dad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, this is the thing. I, I used to do drug and alcohol talks in school. So I used to oh, go okay. into schools and I used to tell kids. And the thing is, what I would do those talks, prevention does not work. It absolutely does not work. Awareness okay. works. Giving you an educational standpoint to go, okay, when this happens, this is what happens. When mm-hmm. I start building independency where I can't function without it, then then you need to be able to like do these checklists in your mind when you're doing drugs to go in through this thing. And then when it happens, there's no shame in asking for help no matter what right. age. That's right. basically it. Right. So a drug awareness is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, telling someone not to do something is, means nothing. It's like, don't touch that stove. Until you mm-hmm. touch the stove, you don't know if it hurts. You right. Just, you, why, right, why, right. Why would you want to live a life where you're not trying things? Right. Martin, do you get a lot of drug education in your school? Is that something they focus on at your age? Um, they don't focus on that too much, actually. But you don't get like, it? They're just like, don't do it. Don't do it? Your, par- your parents talk to you about it. Yeah, sure. They talk but, you, but you're like, you're living in New York City. You're well aware of what the hell's going on, yeah. right? You don't need anybody to tell you about it, probably. Like you a, could probably tell us about it. But um, just a thing you know not to do. Yeah, because it could it could get in. How how old were you when you started? You were probably you were probably like Martin's age, right? I was younger. You were younger. I was not on radio shows doing comedy. I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you something. Martin Martin has really great parents. He's really yeah. lucky. I mean, I'm really jealous of Martin yeah. for having good parents. I, I don't think it has anything to do with my parents. <laughs> I don't think my drug use has anything to do with my good my parents. Right? Doesn't necessarily no, have to. No. So you sound like you've just like been through a lot. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like That's the, what it the is. drug, the drug and alcohol thing was probably that was like getting off of all that stuff was probably was that like a real? Would you say that was a define. What's defining? Was that a defining thing or or a big I, experience? I, I don't know. It's so weird when you think about like a defining moment in your life where you go. Well, maybe that's the pinta- wrong term. Yeah, is this the pinnacle of when I? No, I mean, well, like, is like, that was that a big? You know, is that like one of the bigger things that sure affected well, you? Well, my whole yeah. life is different now because of it. Oh, okay. So, so it's it when you think about like a complete change. Mm-hmm. I did drugs every single day for a couple of years. Right? Mm-hmm. every single day mm-hmm. never not had drugs right and then one day I didn't you know what I mean it's pretty it's one of those miraculous things that happens you know what I mean like it wasn't 
it's completely different. So your entire life changed. Yeah. And did you go to um, AA or a program or I, something? I, I went to I went to a psych ward, then I went to a treatment center, then I went to different twelve step fellowships for different problems. Mm-hmm. So did there was probably an incident or something that put you in the psych ward or? Yeah, I had a uh, I was eight working eighty hours a week at Steak and Shake mm. in Florida. Mm. Eighty hours a week. That's Scare. I can't mind boggling. It is mind boggling. It was like 15 hours for four days and then 10 hours, two days or something. Wow. That's mind boggling. It was crazy. And I did it every single week for about three months. Wow. And the thing is, I wasn't saving a dollar. I spent every dollar. Uh, Because you're buying drugs? Drugs. And how old were you? I was 18. Wow. Martin, can you match? That's intense. (laughs) 18 hours. And were you living with your parents? I was living with my parents. And, and did they have an idea what was going on? Well, I was no? never there. I was and, working 80 uh, hours a week. Right, of course. But right. did they did they re- have any sense of... Yes, they knew that I had, had, I had had problems. They I have problems. But I was... Basically, if I was going to work in, in their minds, it was like, well, he's not... Like, if they came by the work, they would have seen me working. Right, right, right. So they're like, if he's going to work, he's right, right, right. right they would right. fire him if he was too wasted. That was like their whole right. I could see that. I could see that as as a par- parent. I right. Guess. That's if I yeah. can show up to the things I want to do, that I should. I'm fine. Right, right. right. So and then you had a basically. I had a nervous breakdown. I was really miserable one day. I had got like a day, two days off because I was. Because uh, eventually yeah. they're like, you can't work this much. Right, right. So I had two days off, and I was like, what do you do? And so I took eight bottles of Zytocam Night, mm. and which is like a DXM, Robita- stronger Robitussin mm. kind of thing. But it's like four times the amount of like what you're supposed to do for like a fun mm. time. So I was like, let's see what happens. And if I don't die, I'll just have a great hallucination. That was my idea. Were you thinking that you might be okay if you died? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, because it was so, I was so miserable. I was yeah. working so many times. Like, my life was working in this fast food restaurant. And was part of that because you were getting money for drugs? Or you just... I also had no friends. I had no oh. friends. And... And people were so nice to me at work because I was a hard. I, I worked hard. Oh, because when you're... I got when I got when I left to go to the psych ward, they were sad. Oh, because I was a good employee. So people really liked you. Felt some comment you you that you felt com you felt at home there. Well, it, I always feel commonality in kitchens because kitchen is a battlefield, and you feel like it, you're you're fighting for mm-hmm. every single moment that you're in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. I I think if anything, working in a kitchen is going to be the best thing that could ever happen to make you into a person. There you go, you Morgan. Know what I mean? Yeah, you really, can see where you're getting your next yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. in the kitchen. Because you yeah, you really learn how to like hate your coworkers but keep a smile on and then but just really hate the people who are coming in. You know, it's it's it's, it's like really cool. it's really yeah it's, it's like cool. challenge it's, like, it's like work the fuck yeah, I can great. do this I can do this so oh so what happened is I drink all those robotasset right mm-hmm. I vomit for like two hours straight my mm. mom starts screaming at me about what I'm taking um it, you know it was just like a disaster of a night I go lie down to go to bed I close my eyes and I start hallucinating but I don't say anything cool like what you see in like movies or cartoons right, 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 no right. rainbows no dinosaurs right. what I hallucinated was I was back at Steak and Shake oh man 
Oh, man. I was lying in my bed, covered in sweat, hallucinating I was making hamburgers. So the one day I had off, <laughs> I spent the whole night hallucinating I was back at work. And it was just like That's I was making horrible. 100 burgers after another 100 burgers. Oh, and my, man. Yeah, and my boss was there. And she had like weird Beth mouth with like missing teeth. And oh, she was all like, make man. more hamburgers. And I was like, oh. you know, and it, it just repeatedly. And I would like look over and there'd be like a pile of a thousand burgers I'd make. And then I'd look over and there'd be no burgers. And so I'd have work anxiety. Like I messed up orders. Mm-hmm. So it was like this constant like working in a kitchen anxiety. But I wasn't even at the place. Wow, that's harsh. Right. And so then the next day I go back to work. <laughs> oh, and man. And now I'm looking at everything from this like weird viewpoint where I'm like, oh, You went this is back a- to work? Yeah, I'm like, this is a prison. Yeah. This is a prison I'm working yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it felt like a prison. Like, that's what the, the hallucination kind of showed me is that I was yeah. stuck. Yeah. I couldn't kill myself. I couldn't stop hallucinating. Like, I couldn't even have a fun hallucination when I was not at work. I was like, I am screwed. So did they wind- Did you wind up getting to somebody taking you to the hospital? Yeah. Did you wind up not functioning? or Basically, I, did. I just started popping all my pills. I, like, I, I got prescriptions, mm-hmm. and I would sell them mostly. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I'm going to start taking these. Mm. And right when I started taking the prescriptions that I never took, I just sold them all the time. It mm. was like, click. And then all of a sudden, suicidal ideations, homicidal ideations, all these ideas just kept flowing through my head. Mm-hmm. I was reading all these. I was doing this thing. I would get done with a 15-hour work day. Mm-hmm. I'd come home. And I would read self-help books. Mm. So you were, in a lot, you were in a lot, a lot of pain. Kind of. I, I never even thought of it as pain. I just thought I was productive. Huh. You were what? <laughs> I was productive. Huh. Infinimines are really weird in that way. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, I could see that. Um, like, there's a lot of self... amphetamines. Self- <laughs> That's what I feel like. Uh, so, um, anyway, but but having to go through that must have really, like, I mean, you you must... It seems like you're fairly fearless in a way. Yeah, or just maybe... I'm Like, people always go, uh... That, like, they talk about, like, emotional stunt. Like, I'm maybe emotionally stunted, in a sense, where it's like... Have you ever been in love? Um, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You ever been in love? Go ahead, Martin. I bet you have. No, not that now. Well, his father's uh, his father's over there. Yeah, that's true. His father's but, been in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but well, being He's in love, love right, right? Can you explain it to me in feelings? Like, no, explain no. Me in I mean, words? no. I mean, no. It doesn't mean that you know. I'm not a you know. You can't really put it in words, or it doesn't work for you. Well, usually whatever. people say it's a feeling of that you can't explain. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a feeling yeah, yeah. of being good and bad at the exact same time, right? People say that it's a feel like. It's a thing that guides you and you can't keep off your mind. And I go, yeah, that's also what cracks out feels like to me. Well, yeah, I mean, no, but um, that's definitely true for you. And, you know, but every, like some people would would want to, would be, you know, they'd want to really elaborate on it. There's a whole, there's a whole range of how people respond, I think, right? Sure. Yeah. So for you, you're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure that you're, parent that you probably really felt and there's i i'm guessing that maybe there's some part of you that felt really loved by your family maybe yeah maybe yeah yeah i guess so that I, they I, were I there for you maybe yeah but i never liked affection no but yeah so um but you weren't also you didn't like affection but maybe you weren't 
you didn't have to look for it. Maybe that 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 would be true, I guess. But yeah, I guess yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah, I would I didn't have to look for it, but I didn't like it. Like I didn't like I didn't like getting kissed on the head. I didn't like getting long hugs. I didn't want affection. Yeah, um, you know. So I was going to ask you because another thing this this is something that struck me when I listened to the to to the podcast, which I thought, which I don't, I just want you know, what do you explain me or whatever? But um, this is sounding awkward. You can tell I'm going to ask you something that I'm nervous about asking, and I'm making it really awkward. I yeah, love yeah. the awkward. Yeah, 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 I live for the awkward. I don't feel anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm a monster. Well, anyway, uh, uh, so, all right, so you're, you know, you're, you had lesbian parents, and then you had more lesbian parents, and lesbians switched around, whatever. You're a product of lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sounded like they were fairly, like, serious mil- militant or fairly, like, you know, serious about being lesbians. They're, they, my mom was, like, a burn brawing feminist. Yeah, like, right. Like, weird right. Ones. like, the ones that burned their bras and then had to go buy bras. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, weird. Right. Like, you're like, right. Oh, come on. Right. Like, I always say that um, we, all tacitly, we all tacitly agree that bra burning was stupid because no one wants to burn their bras. I mean, it didn't last. It was dumb. Right. I agree. I agree right. with you 100%. End, like, oh, I need to go buy more so bras and stupid. give more money to men. It's so stupid. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So they were a little bit like that, which I think may have uh, evoked some cynicism in you and me too. Me too. I'm cynicism. I mean, I'm just going to say, like, that shit drives me crazy myself personally. So anyway, um, people that take themselves really seriously. I'm not saying your mothers are like that. I don't know your fucking mothers. I don't know about it. But anyway, um, so the point I'm making is is that uh, picturing your background. And then I also noticed on the podcast that you kind of – I mean, you said something about women that made me think that you had a fairly typical or stereo, maybe stereotypical, and I'm not trying to be judgy at all. Are you going to call me cisgender? No, don't, I don't even. That. My oh, mom does that. It's Jesus. so funny to me. No, She's but like, you. Oh, what a typical cisgender. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I do know like Googling. It's pure hate <laughs> crime. No, I, I, have, I have a militant transsex, transsexual friend, so I know a lot of this stuff. I mean, I've heard this stuff. So, anyway, who I love dearly, he's also young, a teenager. But anyway, so um, the point I'm making is, is that you seem to have such a typical guy attitude like you were saying that guys that say that are really like uh you know value you know say like really i don't know like you know things chicks want to hear like i like smart chicks or something like that that kiss chicks asses don't get laid you to me you had a fairly common stereotypical guy-like reaction, uh, attitude towards women and maybe dating or whatever. And I, that surprised me. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I cannot recall a podcast I did a year ago. No, um, no, but do you know but, what I'm talking about I, with the, with the point of view? All right. I love Judd the Rules. I, and, and I've been accused of that before. Mm-hmm. I love Judd the Rules. And, and, and it's not like, I just, I've been re- reading like Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I like guy, like, I like gender roles because they're because I understand them. Mm-hmm. I understand gender roles, and I understand gay, gay lesbians. Like I, I have this whole new mm-hmm. thing I've been yelling about on stage, where everyone likes everything now. 
Uh, and, and, and it makes me annoyed when you go right. and you look at like a Coachella lineup. It's Slayer and Kanye West. No, those right. people do not get along. Those right. are people that don't like each other. Right. They should not be on the same lineup. Right. If you are like a, if you're like a, a bro, you can't be going out with a hippie chick. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, those are different roles that people are. If you're, like, a man's man, you get, like, a woman's woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, it makes sense. To, and I understand. I understand what you're saying. where we're at. Right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're moving forward. But in my right. mind, it's confusing to watch that happen. Right. right? No, I get it. It's confusing to watch this thing happen where everyone's like, no, we're all into this. I, it's like, I'm straight, but I like butt play. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, no, you can't. You know, whatever, sorry. <laughs> I'm covering my ears. <laughs> but you Martin, know, Martin, have you heard that term before? Butt play? Yeah. He's 15. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be 15 now. You have everything. On, I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever. Turnips. And in New York City. Yeah, yeah they're... We're not going to pretend like, you you're know. You're on the subway. You're, you're. Blah, 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 butt play. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, so, like, for you, for you, what, what, like, does that make, so does that make you crazy when, like, um, what am I going to say? Do, like, women overthinking it and that kind of shit? You know, like, when women want to talk about the relationship and all that stuff? Yes. That makes you insane, right? Insane. It reminds you, does it remind you of your mother's? Yes. See, because so yeah, because you you this is what I'm getting from you that you are like, look, it's not that complicated. Let's just have fun, and, you know. Let's just get the thing done. Let's just sit here. We'll do the podcast. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do the best we can, and we'll go home and we'll do it again tomorrow. Okay, don't make a thing out of it. Exactly. I've I was with a girl that I live with. We dated for a year mm-hmm. before. Someone was like, "So this is your girlfriend, right?" And I go, "Well, we don't we don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have that conversation. Mm-hmm. We just hang out on a regular basis and we have fun. It's like right. that's this. Is, you know what I mean? I have a lot of fun." And he goes, "Yeah, but you guys are." And it took another person in front who had to go on stage. She was a headliner, mm-hmm. and I was featuring, mm-hmm. and she came to hang out. For the weekend, and she was like, "That's your girlfriend." And then she mentioned it on stage. She mentioned it on stage that that I was that I was like that Lucas is a coward and didn't want to uh, didn't, uh, didn't want to put a title on the thing. And how did and, that make? And like, what was? No, it was funny. It was so because uh, it was, it was funny. It was, her intention was funny. Like she was trying to be funny. She was talking about like people being wishy washy and no one committing to anything anymore. So it sounded like you were trying, I mean, typically it sounded like you would were trying to avoid um, talking about um, the fact that you had a girlfriend because, you know, it wasn't as sexy as it would be if you were single. Is that, is that? I just, it didn't, that kind of stuff just seems like semantics. Oh, uh, but not to the girls. Uh, see, see, that's weird gender roles that you're giving to women. Why do women have to have this thing? Like, I, I don't, I, if I don't need it, why do women need it? And that's the interesting thing in my mind where I go, everyone's gender is is fluid and can change. And that just because they want it 
doesn't mean I have to give it to them. And and maybe they don't really need it. Maybe it's just a thing that they think is a construct that makes them feel more secure. But it doesn't really change anything. I'm still committed to spending time with them. I'm still doing this. All this I'm not. Stuff. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just to p- play the other point of view. Is that I think a lot of women see that as a sign of respect, and I think that um, you're questioning. You're questioning why do they need this, right? And. I'm just wondering if without I'm trying not to sound like an asshole maybe no, I will okay, okay. I'll maybe I'll sound I'll like an asshole I don't want I don't I'll want to I don't know yeah. anything <laughs> I don't want to sound yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of sounding like an arrogant asshole okay no, so I feel like I'm going to sound young you know what I mean <laughs> all right okay so I'm just putting that out there all right okay so these girls want this shit whatever it is okay sure. so why are you it sounds to me like you are judging what they want they want this whatever it is they want. It may not make sense to you, and it's probably annoying to you because you have that all that feminine bullshit that I hate. I like some of it, but I hate a lot of it. And it gives women really bad um, stereotypes. Believe you me, I get right. it. Right. But um, nevertheless, if the woman wants that, why are you saying she shouldn't have it or I don't want to give it to her? <laughs> uh, that it's is, okay that's a, maybe that's a great, that, it's a great question because that's why me and my ex of two years who we, who we didn't have that thing broke up and and that's the exact same thing she said she goes you it's like you won't do certain things you just mm-hmm. won't do up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and in my mind it's you know what it is I think it's silly I think it's not a rational thought and so I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to justify your irrational thoughts. It seems unhealthy to, for me to, like, just because even though it is a cultural norm and it's culturally accepted mm-hmm. and it's okay, doesn't mean that it should be. I don't disagree with you, Lucas, but I do think it's pushing your buttons. See, that's a thing. That's a thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Martin, what do you think? You're thinking about this. Do you have an opinion? Or you don't have to. I'm putting the pressure on you. <laughs> it is true. It is like it is like it is. I can do whatever I want, but I do have. But you're right. I do have to suffer the consequences of my. Well, how badly? I mean, you're a 28 year old guy. You're you're funny. You're charming. You probably. Do you mean you don't have problem meeting girls? I'm guessing, no. right? No. no, no problem having sex. No, no. There's those are not problems for you, and um, I do have problems with the like, girls I have sex with in multiple like. On a repeated basis, though, they're like, you never say I'm pretty. You never say I'm these things. Right. You're not going to play to the girlness of them. No. So what I'm saying is, is perhaps that you're being um, let, like your your parents understandably. I couldn't deal with it either. I, I mean, this shit makes me crazy. But your parents may have like instilled some like um, sensitivity towards like wanting to throw up about this shit. And I get that. I don't think that's true, to be honest. I okay. Think, I just think I'm not that person. I just think I'm so hyper-analytical, and I look at everything. And that's why I do comedy. It's because right. I'm so, like, right. I look at every, all these situations, and I'm just like, flaw, 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 oh, I flaw, see. flaw, flaw. I go, oh, that's a funny flaw. You know right. what I mean? And then I try right. to keep those flaws to myself as much as I can. But, I, you know, I have, I have ruined a... A birthday party with arguing. You know what I mean? Like, I will argue right. things I don't like. Right, right. 
And, I, and I'm Something learning like how to choose my battles the older I get and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. So, I mean, as far as, like, say, having a relationship or, like, having that girl break up with you or having the girls complain about you or something, like, there are consequences, of course. So do those consequences bother you? Are you cool with them? Or, like, I'm, I'm, well, I guess what I'm asking you, are you cool with, like, manage standing up for what what's important those those issues or you do, or do you want to compromise or I maybe you don't learn how to compromise i need to learn compromise because when i broke up with my ex this is in retrospect this was about mm-hmm. a year and a half ago but mm-hmm. i i thought about it like uh, like six months later where i was like i was pretty happy mm-hmm. and i was so stubborn mm-hmm. to do some certain things that were like meaningless to mm-hmm. me, they would have taken two seconds for me to just say I love you. You don't say that. I, I never said it. And 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 not in that way. Not in the that way. You know, in what the I mean? connecting way. Not like I'll say. Take hey, notes, Martin. This I'll, is good. I'll love, I like it's like love you, bro, and then hang up. I'll do that any day. Like I don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, but it's a totally different thing. So that to me um, sounds withholding. Like you don't like that to me sounds. If I, I mean. That sounds like you don't want to make me happy <laughs> from the girl's point of view. Like, sure, and which is why I was like, I don't know what I was thinking in theory. But in my mind, I just was like, can't I? I this is the thing. I just Maybe I'm so naive and dumb that I just believe that actions are speak so much louder than words. That if I'm like going my way to like think about you and do things for you and do all these kinds of stuff about you, I don't need to go and say two measly words that that you've attached weird magic to. No, you no, know, that. I... Oh yeah, thanks, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? But love you, love yeah. you is what I was thinking. You know? <laughs> Well, no, I agree with you, but the thing, I agree with you in that way, but there is, like, a way of connecting that does have some verbal, uh, you know, content to it. And, I mean, is that, there, it seems like there's a level of intimacy that you don't want to engage in, which is, I'm not, it, it it feels like that. Is is that true? Is that true? You think? I don't know. I just I just maybe it's because I never I didn't see it as much, uh-huh. or I definitely didn't see it in hetero relationships. So yeah. I'm making it all. Oh, up. I see. You don't want to. Re- did, were your were your parents like super like lovey dovey, or what were they like? I don't know. I I wouldn't say that they were crazy. They, I'm I'm from Laramie, Wyoming. They're mm. not making out. You know what I mean? Right, there right. Was no, that, that wasn't like a thing. Well, what do you mean when you're saying you're making it all up? What does that mean? I'm not. I'm not going to read a book. I'm not reading any. Oh, you book. just do what's right for you. Right. I'm not figuring this. I'm right. like, I'm figuring this out, and I'm trying right. to feel what's good, and I'm not trying to hurt right. anyone's feelings. Right. And, and yeah. It. Right. But I also, don't want to just go and in, into a cultural norm and become. A, I'm not a normal person. I right. wasn't raised normal. I didn't. I didn't live normally for a long time. The idea of me just jumping in, being all like, "I'm just going to normalize, and I'm going to get a car, and I'm going to get a mortgage, and I'm going to become a slave to my job." You know, what I mean, I don't want to do any of that. That's why I'm a comedian, right? Poor and so, so, you know, and you're 28, so maybe what you're trying, what you're actually doing, is really great in the way that you're experimenting, and it's just going to take you a little longer to get to the place that's going to really make sense to you, right? And you, you sound like you aren't. That you learned something from the last girlfriend, right? Right. So that's a good thing, right? right. And yeah, yeah and I get I it. Is I go, okay, if I like somebody, I need to figure this out. 
I need to figure out how to. The problem is, I everything is like an, an a missed opportunity, or it, that's how I, it looks like my life. It's like I try not to live in this weird world of projection or reflection. You know, what I mean, I try to live like in mm-hmm. the. Oh God, I, what a, I hate myself and uh, <laughs> reflect that whatever that thing I just said sounds like a Doctor Wayne Dyer oh, quote. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was like. If you can manifest it with the power of intention. That's right. You said miracles. something serious. Uh-oh. Yeah. The, without cynicism, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you showed vulnerability. Yeah. We're going to really attack you now. I mean, I saw I saw a sliver of vulnerability. I'm going in there, and I'm going to get it. All right. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'll fuck. take it. Uh, it's like, you say I'm vulnerable. I'm like, oh, there goes the shield. <laughs> I don't, I don't, know. I mean, I'm making radio, you know, whatever, it's good radio, whatever happens, happens, you, I don't, you know, I'm not here to, I'm not here, I'm not here to, you know, whatever, uh, so, um, but, uh, so, yeah, so it seems like you're, you're progressing in a very, uh, individual way, and you're in touch with who you are, right? right? Yeah, exactly. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And you feel there's progress in your life. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I don't think I'm recessing. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, like, what would your dream job be? People ask me that question a lot. And the question, the answer is I want to be in the industry of funny. So. I mean, the, but do you have, like, you want, you, is there one kind of sense of humor or style or something that you have a. I, you know, I love doing stand up. If I could make my one, my, all my livings yeah. from doing stand up. That would be incredible. The right. I, the likelihood of that. Some of my favorite comedians in the world don't do that. They can't do it. Uh huh. And who they, would that be? Like, they're there's so many. Like, it's oh, so I many. see. Yeah, like, interesting. Like, they 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 have a serious exam job. They they act. Right, 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 right. I see. They, they can't make it from comedy just alone. They have to do other. Oh, ones. I see. That's Stand why. Up that's, and right. that's why I say industry mm-hmm. of funny. So mm-hmm. if it's writing for a TV show, mm-hmm. if it's doing a radio show or a podcast, like so you just a, a yeah. money podcast or some, you know, something, yeah. I'll yeah. do it. Right. So what kind of girls do you look for? What do you, I mean, do you, and how do you approach women? Do you, like, what's it like for you with women? I mean, not like, we don't have to get into the details, but like, do you meet them? At, like, what? what's the scenario? What's I, the scenario? There's a lot of different ones. The best scenario usually is when I've done well on stage. That's the best. Uh-huh. Because they see me in my best state, probably. And they were into it. Right. Because I'm on stage, I'm a canon. So it's not you don't know what's gonna happen. It's it can go really weird and go really crazy and it's really fast moving. So if you're into that, it's like the best because mm-hmm. now you know what I'm like mm-hmm. when I have passion for something. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one I'm I mostly do is I'm I do the online o- online. You do stuff. online stuff yeah. like Tinder. Tinder, Grinder. I don't have Grinder, but uh, <laughs> uh, Tinder. You know. Yeah, Tinder. Oh yeah, so. Were your were your parents affectionate? I wanted to ask you that. Like, were they like affectionate with each other, or not in a way where I, I don't remember being like, "Ew, gross." I, I guess I did that a couple times, but it wasn't like so much where every day I was like, "Stop it," you know. No, but I don't even mean physically. Did they feel like they were seriously like in love? And I don't know what lesbian love is. Really, no, but I mean, know? were they like, you know? were they like, you know, a unit? Were they together on everything? Did they have harmony together? Did they seem to really care about each other? Yes, they. They. they that I think. 
sometimes like I got it. This is one of those things I just don't know. Like it's it. I, my ideas on the issue change all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did. They loved. They cared about each other. They respected each other. But sometimes I think they just needed each other for certain aspects of their life. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't. Their lives were very individual. Mm-hmm. They were not a partnership in mm-hmm. most of the things they mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think you're ever going to want to have kids? Have you thought about it? Or is that just something that's so far in the future you don't even know? God, I would, uh, would really. I don't want one right now. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think about adopting because of the genetic thing of being like because I don't want to overpopulate anymore, and I also mm-hmm. the idea of me spreading addict genes. Yeah, farther that is can be crazy. That can be. Do you have any addic- addicted people? Yeah, my you... grandfather, my oh, uncles okay. drank a little too much. My oh, grandmother okay. on my dad's side has been sober for 30 years. So 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 um I I am so enjoying how I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit. Right? I think sure. so. I think so. So we've got 4 minutes left and I want to make sure that Martin Martin if he has any questions or thoughts that he gets to have his cha- have a chance to uh Martin, have you been thinking about anything? What's your what what have you thought what what have you yeah. or just anyone really it's uh, interesting to see what people look for huh so you learned a little bit about relating to others yes because Martin as a thing I don't know (laughs) I don't know about that you know I've I've, I've had Martin on my couch and um, so Martin one of the things that I know I said to you at the end of our session I wrote on your prescription was that um, about like including making sure to include people in your life right Mm -hmm. so I guess that's something that you think about also because you need to be yourself and you are you um, are very you seem very much like you you know yourself well do you think that's true Um, I think so or like you know what you want like can I tell the funny thing that your mom told me that, like, yeah, sure. um, when Martin goes to get his hair cut, his ha- the person that cuts Martin's hair told Martin's mother that out of all her clients, that Martin knows more about it, how exactly he wants his hair cut than any other of her clients. <laughs> so I you. find that really, I <laughs> yeah. find that really yeah. amazing. I should probably work on more stuff than my hair, but... <laughs> No, I find that like really. I find that very, very uh, sophisticated or self-aware for a young man. Don't you think? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I dressed. I had a certain way I dressed. I didn't wear logos forever. I wore hemp for a long time when I hemp. was your age. Well, remember, I remember the drugs. <laughs> remember all the drug lace I said I did. But you know you can't really smoke those clothes. Yeah, but it was an it was. Oh, because you, you were like. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's do people the, that are into um, drugs at your age in that d- generation uh, listen to uh, Grateful Dead still? Uh, fish. Yeah. Did you like fish? No, I uh, I was you, a Primus guy. Oh, uh, Primus. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Primus Tool, harder stuff, a little makes harder, little but not sense. metal. Really, like a weird, little. weird level in between. 
I don't know what you call that post uh, mm-hmm. psych 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 rock uh, psych metal. I know. Yeah, I love that stuff. So does Martin? After listening to Lucas talk about how difficult comedy is, what do you, has that has that like affected you at all? Or I have to think a bit. Really? Like what? No, not no you're kidding. And, and and Lucas, you're a painter also, right? Yeah, yeah, for years. Yeah, and Martin's an artist, and Martin's father is a very successful artist. Say artist more like a doodler. You're a doodler. I do it for fun. Do do you ever show your work, Lucas? We sh- you should bring it in and show it to show it to David. David David can actually David David. Yeah, he could, you should show it to him. Give me money. <laughs> I'm so poor. No, he won't. <laughs> David isn't going to show you how to. No one, no one no. is going to help Get you make money off any of this. And your paintings will sell like hotcakes. 